Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Keeslin, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are going to talk about what it looks like to develop teen leaders. We have had and will have some amazing people on this series to talk about service and leadership and vocation in youth ministry. And we're so grateful for their insights. But just Mark and I today wanted to take some time and pull from our experience with Youth Lean, which used to be called Lutheran Youth Fellowship, and what we know from research and talking with practitioners specifically about how to develop young teen leaders. We've both gotten to work with youth lead executive team leaders over the last few years. This is a group of five or six teens who are elected to help with the annual youth lead training, the youth lead training that happens at National and to help support youth lead at the gathering. They're a great group of young people. They serve a three-year term. They each represent a different zone. Uh, Fantastic representation of the young people who come to the youth lead event annually. Mark, we'll start with this. Like, What is your favorite thing about maybe youth lead or young leaders? I love watching, man, just those aha moments, I guess, when they start to see how God has gifted them and how he's crafted them to serve vocationally, whether that's in the church as church workers or in many different vocational roles they may have. And they really start to see the skills and gifts they have and, and even to like understand where they are placed now, how they shine the light of Christ into the lives for their friends, how they are good workers and good students and athletes and musicians and all these things that they're able to serve inside and outside the church. And I just love to see them grow in that joy and the excitement they get when they are able to serve and lead others. Yeah, they're they're amazing. And, and young leaders are such great problem solvers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love getting to work with them to kind of present to them, you know, a situation. Okay, this is what's happening. This is the information I have. Like, how we how do we move forward? And, and hearing how they kind of work through and figure out how to problem solve those issues, often in much more creative and, mm-hmm. and uh, helpful, positive ways than maybe I would have thought of on my own. It's it's really fantastic to, to get to work with this particular group of leaders because we get to work with them for three right. years, kind of like in, in youth ministry, get to know them pretty well. Anything in particular you've learned from working with that executive team? Yeah, I, I think recently, I mean, just really seen... Um, I'm amazed at the aptitude and Man, yeah. the capacity these young leaders have. I mean, just, I think I was always afraid to ask questions of them or to give them responsibility. And certainly there's a process that they go through as they're figuring out that schedule thing, but just the insight and the thoughts they have about how they want to, in a positive way, affect their church and their communities and their friends. Um, and to tell them about Jesus has been something where I've learned to be able to say like, man, it really gets me excited about this next generation of leaders and just the tools they have at their disposal and how they use them. How about you? Yeah, I, I would say a lot of the same things. I think for me, I have learned that um, often I uh, have an instinct to step in mm-hmm. yeah. when I'm not really necessary, right? And really having over the years, having to kind of deal with my own ego as a youth leader. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, but don't you need me? I think for me, especially this last July at that event, um, I, in many ways, we prepped, we prepared. They needed me for that. They needed me in the development process. But once we were moving, I wasn't as necessary. And to be able to to enjoy that rather than take that as um as something to panic about or mm-hmm. that I'm not <laughs> I'm not helpful that has taken a little bit of wrestling but it does remind me how exactly like you said how competent they are mm-hmm. and how capable they are 
So some of the things we're going to share uh, here are going to be pieces we use in talking with adult leaders who come and bring young people to youth lead. Others we've gotten from texts and research, but we're going to be talking kind of broad strokes. So we love all the people who come on the podcast and give us kind of what works for them practically. But this is kind of maybe some broad strokes that we hope that are helpful starting places for mm-hmm. folks. So one of the, the key things certainly that we see uh, is probably that may simply put that Gen Z is going to approach leadership differently than previous generations. What would you say about that, Juliana? Yeah, I, they have they grew up at a different time, yeah. <laughs> grew up with different technology, grew up with different things happening in the world around them. In many ways, uh, they are in some ways responding to what's happened in previous generations. But we can definitely see that they continue to show that they are action orientated, that they're achievement orientated, that they're passionate, that they want to make a difference in the world. They're incredibly conscientious about what's going on right. around them right. and wanting to make an impact. They they are action oriented. So it tends to make them less process oriented. So for those of us that want to talk everything out before mm-hmm. we just do, that can use you know, Gen Z that's a broad stroke. You're yeah. gonna find Gen Z's who are gonna want to process, but but broadly speaking, they're gonna be more about what the action is that they're happening. And so doing something like having a monthly meeting where we just talk about everything <laughs> may <laughs> seem harder, especially right. post COVID, yeah. right? Where right. we were right. able to do everything online, they're gonna be much less likely to be me uh, be interested in that kind of leadership opportunity or they may want to reinvent that and to be something yeah. different well even in that too i think you look at just structures and places and, and, and every generation has had to deal with this because of maybe technology or expertise or ideas that come in and certainly god has designed us differently but also ways as a church to help us build together too so i think finding out that a little bit when you you know, really connect with a young leader to see like, man, they just don't understand the structure that was put in place of leadership. What, is, <laughs> what does it mean to be a leader? What is the roles, responsibilities that I think anymore, like we've seen so many ways in which technology has maybe broken down some of those structures that we've needed in the past for mentoring and connection. So how do we maybe reinvent those a little bit and find those new ways that we're able to connect with young people and bring them into leadership or even define what does leadership mean and showing their vocations they're already doing. You're leading in this place. And it's maybe something that I couldn't have done 10, 15 years ago, but man, you're doing it and doing it well and encourage them in that. Yeah, it, it, helping them to understand that that just because maybe, say, an, an older, more experienced leader likes having a face-to-face mm-hmm. meeting, mm-hmm. Uh, that might also have to do with relationship building. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that might have to do with a lot of other things that they're able to do. And so helping them to understand, like, we can't just always be about action that has to be framed within, within relationship and being able to balance those things. I, I think that's helpful when we bring different generations together and say that. And, you know, Gen Z is, they can... Uh, they have a lot of ability to be creative and to be incredibly great problem solvers, like I said, but they are not always the most resilient animals to get up off the mat. Mm-hmm. And so having older adults who've been like, yep, okay, brushed off, let's figure it out. We're going to move on to the next thing. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Can That balance can be really helpful for them as well. Um, so I definitely, I think thinking about this generation and, and helping older, more experienced leaders understand what's true about Gen Z, what their world is like, and having them ask good questions to Gen mm-hmm. Z helps everybody kind of understand the perspective that each mm-hmm. uh, generation of leaders is going to bring to the table. One thing that certainly we talk about in that interesting world in which young people live right now is the conversation maybe to be thinking about through ourselves of to do not limit their opportunities to serve and lead. 
Yeah. Uh, I think one thing we hear often is, uh, well, we want young leaders and, and sort of the assumption yeah. is we want them to lead in children's ministry. We want them to lead in youth ministry. And that's sort of the end of the list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and there's incredible value. At, you know, it's one of the things we do in youth lead. There's incredible value in leading your peers. Right. And learning from that experience. But I want to encourage adults who are doing youth ministry and just adult leaders in the congregation to be thinking about each young person individually and where are their gifts, their strengths, their talents, their passions. And how might that open up a variety of doors? We love to hear the stories of um, going into COVID and how many churches said oh, we basically turned getting online yeah. over to our high school youth ministry because uh, it was second nature to them. They just took it, ran with it. And thanks to them, we've got uh, online services that we're able to do through Facebook or YouTube, whatever it is. I know our team at our church, I look at it and I love it. It's basically all high school students. It's wonderful. And they just do it like it's second nature to them. So ways, again, that could be creatively allow them to serve and, and uh, to lead in a lot of neat ways. Right. I, you know, I think about, you know, I was in a situation where I was presenting male leadership and somebody said, well, you know, I've done youth ministry for a really long time and I'd love to turn it over to young people, but the young people in our church just won't take it. And I was like, well, do they want to do yeah, youth right. ministry? I mean, you're passionate about it, but yeah. is that something that they want to do? And that was uh, a moment where it was like maybe a click and be like, okay, but like maybe they want to be a trustee or maybe mm-hmm. they want to help count money. Maybe they want to be on Ultra Guild. Maybe they want to do one of the many of the other things that the mm-hmm. church needs in order to function well. And they can be really passionate about. And in the same way, don't necessarily limit their opportunities, but right. also don't limit their mentors. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, that's one thing that's been, I think, interesting to see coming out of COVID. It, I feel like I'm able to spend more time with more young people at my own church. And just because there maybe I've been as less people around, we're, we're excited to see each yeah. other and make those connections. We're not taking those for granted maybe as much. And, but for me, it was to be able to see, like, look across the church and see how many interactions are happening now. I feel like with adults and youth and they're gearing up to them to the youth gathering and seeing these relationships that, that were built. And I wasn't aware of that's like, oh, that's so cool to see the Holy Spirit work through God's people to make those connections with other adults and have those mentors that know them well enough to ask them how specific things are going on in their lives from school to relationships to whatever it might be. And really to have those opportunities organically happen and sometimes might need a little bit more structure too to it, but really to make sure that those intergenerational relationships are taking place. Yeah, I think older adults maybe sometimes limit themselves and say like, oh, well, I, you know, yeah. no young person wants to hear from me. And, and I don't think that's the truth, no. right? Like I, I hear lots of young people who want older adults who to be supportive adults for them or or the friends of their parents to be <laughs> supportive mm-hmm. adults for them. And so sometimes it's the adults who are kind of closed off to that opportunity. Sometimes uh, as somebody who's tried several different mentoring programs as a staff person like that can be really hard to force, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can't force people to like each other. So (laughs) I think one of the things you can do is provide opportunities to serve together, find opportunities for maybe adults to be interacting with the youth in some way or for youth to be um, interacting with groups of adults in order for those relationships to find some common ground and some conversation to happen that naturally connect kids with adults that they might not have naturally interacted with. And as those relational connections get made, you find ones that maybe you had never thought of or they had never met. (laughs) That find that common ground that then they can use that to build a really positive mentoring relationship. So um, trying to create maybe less about like, I'm going to connect these two people and you're going to like each other and hang out all the time or to mentor each other. Rather than thinking in that way, thinking about like, what are the things that I need to do to pre-set it up Mm -hmm. so that they Mm -hmm. know each other? So then when I say like, well, 
you know, who might you want to mentor you? Somebody who's got some leadership experience in the church, they already have maybe a person or two that they can count on. Yeah, and I love going back to, I mean, some of the things we discussed before to hear people who have set up some situations like that of how keenly aware the young person is of that. And if you ask them that question, who would you, at least people you have interaction with, they have a pretty good understanding. Like I would choose that person. We really clicked whatever. We got similar interests. And so to trust them, and picking that person too is, I, I think, just another great step for them to understand. Like, yeah, I need other people in my life, and I can really benefit from that. And just like we talked about generations, there can be cross mentoring. Yeah. So there's things young people teach older yeah. adults. There's <laughs> things that older, more experienced leaders can teach. And young people, you know, that's the way God designed our church to be: is this intergenerational place. And so. Your youth ministry is going to benefit from a young leader, even if they're leading in the youth ministry. If they've got somebody who's been the president of the congregation before, who gets the system, who understands, who can help them to do that, even if it's not you, there can be some really powerful things that can happen in terms of their leadership development in the church. So now you're starting as we kind of, I guess, maybe pivot here a little bit and talk about real opportunities and how do we engage them into service or leadership. I mean, one of the things I think that where we can invest some time is to really set them up for success. I know you've got a kind of a story about that. Um, you can share about so, when, when that practice came into to play. Right. You know, I was in this situation in my church where um, we had some young people. They had the option to kind of serve in our little kids. Uh, Sunday school, they opted not to do that. They said rather they wanted to be outside. It was a beautiful day. They were going to weed. And so I was standing outside with another adult from our church and we were talking and we were far enough away we could tell they were playing. Like they they looked like they were weeding um, until somebody else walked past and realized they weren't weeding they were pulling up bulbs flower bulbs <laughs> um they thought they were onions they were not they were flower whoops. bulbs <laughs> whoops and so then we had to replant them and we had to talk about right those things and and i think that's really true like i think sometimes adults like i made the assumption they knew what they were doing but that was a faulty one like if, if i don't know what a weed looks like if i don't mm-hmm. know what a flower bulb looks mm-hmm. like how do i know if i'm pulling it out of the ground right in the same way like for other opportunities as well as is you might have somebody who's really great who's ready to step into that leadership role but unless i give them the right training unless i help walk them through those things and make no assumptions about what they know right. then i'm not really setting them up for success so you know they might really love kids but do they know how to do discipline if if there right. needs to be discipline they might really they might be a student but do they know how to teach there's lots of things that we i think assume that a young person is capable of because we can do it and it seems like second nature that we actually need to go back and help give them the instructions they need in order to find success in that. Yeah, and I think there's there's maybe a, an art side of that than just a science. Because I, like I coach basketball, uh, middle school kids, and I think a struggle I always have is you can't overcoach too. And so it's giving them... <laughs> I always wrestle with that. Like, how much freedom do you give them to kind of figure things out on their own? Um, like you said, without making it dangerous or whatever that, but to give them allow their creativity. And so get to know students enough and to say that's not going to maybe be the same way you do it with every group of high school or middle school students that come through your ministry or with every young person. Uh, but maybe find that area to where like some might need a little bit more direction and a little maybe some guidelines in there where others you might be able to have or maybe specific activities too to give them a little bit more freedom to kind of figure out on your own and let them learn with their own gifts and have the freedom to do that can be a really great learning experience as well so certainly give yourself your freedom in that when you're looking at that opportunity to mentor them into leadership and giving opportunities 
and there's other adult leaders around. Yeah. And so if you might be working really heavy handedly, like or significantly with a young leader, but you also behind the scenes need to be talking to other adult leaders and making sure that they are on the same page with you. Because I mean, I'm sorry, as an experienced leader, sometimes other experienced leaders undermine <laughs> me and, and like we have conflict and that. Yeah. And as, as adults with experience, we can talk that out I'm, and I'm prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But other adult leaders can really undermine a young leader if they step in yeah. yep. <laughs> or if they talk badly or they don't understand, they don't give that young person grace and an ability to grow. And so uh, making sure that not only you as a leader are going, okay, I'm going to set them up for success, but I'm also going to help other adult leaders around them yep. set them up for success so that like you said, you don't have to step in too much, mm-hmm. right? Um, step in when you need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, make sure they don't pull out all the bulbs, they, <laughs> right? Like that was me. I sh- that was on me, right? Yeah, right. other adult <laughs> leaders you need to help with that, right? But but to make sure you you give them direction. So um, and all of these different things, making sure they have access to resources, making sure they know that they can ask questions, all things that are going to help set them up for mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. It's also a part of helping them navigate mm-hmm. the structures and explain why the situation there, unfortunately, sometimes have some sin or mm-hmm. are less than ideal. As as adult leaders with some experience, we, we kind of know that. Mm-hmm. We've learned to understand that. But young leaders might be meeting that for the very first time. Yeah, I think you, you said something interesting about the why situations that, I mean, where there's an appropriate place to do that. I think that's one thing with the younger generation. They have so much information and opportunities to learn that like I did not have. I think sometimes a good place to start in situations might be to explain the why. This is why we do that. To just not shut a door on the conversation, uh, but be able to open up and let that be an opportunity for them to learn and to grow what leadership means, how structures work, how the, whether it's the church or whatever it might be. And that it helps us, I think, vocationally understand where your place is sometimes in those, those areas. So I think, again, don't, I wouldn't say run from those questions, but kind of jump into those questions about the why. And and it might, like you said, mm-hmm. it might challenge us a little bit to say like, why do we do these things? Does it really <laughs> make sense anymore? And it might lead to really some fruitful conversation to help you do things better in your ministry or business, whatever it might be. Yeah, I had a situation with with our executive team not that long ago where we had to put some limitations on something that they wanted to do to protect them, to protect the potential for some negative consequences. And I could see them, I mean, we were on Zoom, but I could see them struggling with it. I could see them trying to f- figure this out and, um, and wrestling with, understanding at a different level as a leader how sin sometimes impacts the church, both internally and externally, right? And how those things um, can be a struggle. And as I saw that, I made sure that we sat in that for a little bit, both for me to be reminded as an adult leader that like, yeah, that is less than ideal. That is in a perfect world. That's not how it would be. But but we have to take these kinds of things, you know, into, into account. But then also to walk and explain the why and explain it (laughs) and explain it and And dive into it and sit in it a little while and kind of go like, no, this isn't a perfect situation, but God is still going to work in it. And the guy is still working through you. But I I think sometimes as adults, we get jaded and we're like, of course it's that way. Right. Right. And we need to be reminded to say like, oh, no, that is some brokenness. That's some sin. And also for them to be able to work through that and understand so that we can all work together Mm -hmm. helpefully and healthfully in a way to point to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I think one change we made in the LYF, the youth lead program too, there were some components that seemingly weren't sticking with the participants that were coming or things that just weren't getting accomplished. And I think we came to understand like, those are adult things. I mean, we can't expect maybe... 
a high school student to understand the red tape that a congregation is going to have and some other things. And, and probably too, every church is different too. And we said, you know what, maybe that's where the adults who come with these youth, that's their responsibility to walk through that and explain it and help the young person understand. But to like, just put that on their plate and say, you got to figure this out. Maybe that wasn't setting them up for success well. So how again, do we talk about the structures and the piece that are there to get maybe accomplish some of the ministry things and then free them up in those places to think independently, act independently and to, to be able to use their leadership skills. So you got to balance with mm-hmm. how much you explain to them about how they get access to money or when they, <laughs> how mm-hmm. the advertisements get done or who has to approve what and what has to go to a voters mm-hmm. meeting. Um, some of that you want to explain to them and some of that you might want to just say like, yeah. okay, I'm going to yeah. handle that part of it and let you run with, with the parts of it. And uh, don't, don't hide that from them, mm-hmm. right? Hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a, I'm going to do this part. This is a part of what I do because I have experience. I know how the process yeah. goes and let them kind of navigate that because ultimately they're going to have to lead independently. We right. <laughs> want them to at least know what's going on. Right. But, but yeah, there's some, I think we forget the more experience you become, how many different intricacies and structures and forms and patterns yeah. that that form a church and bylaws and right. and Robert's Rules of Order and all that <laughs> that we have. I, I, I'm assuming everyone still uses Robert's Rules of Order, but <laughs> in one form or another. But right, so like, how do we help them do that in a way that doesn't kill their passion, doesn't yeah. kill their excitement, doesn't stymie them, but then also lets them understand the reality of what it means to be a, a part of a an organization. Mm-hmm. One of the things that certainly we talk about in a lot of different contexts too uh, around working with young leaders is to practice confession and absolution often. I will say, uh, especially when I started working more with, with young adults, I think teenagers are a little less likely to call me out, mm-hmm. but young adults are not afraid of that, mm-hmm. that they um, definitely can see when we fail and can see when we sin, right? Because we're all going to do that. Both experienced and new leaders are going to break our relationships in different ways and are going to sin. No one's going to do this perfectly and certainly not leaders um, are going to do this perfectly. And so we need that confession and absolution to help us to navigate through. And so when I have done, I haven't lived up to a promise or I've done something that's hurt somebody's feelings, am I as a leader modeling for them that language of, I'm sorry, I need your forgiveness, right? And and asking for absolution or corporate <laughs> confession and absolution, those kinds of things, using that language to help them understand, like that's different than leading anywhere else as a leader this is what i trust in and um this is where we live together and and, you know we obviously talk about it that repentance is just a key part of a christian life and receiving god's forgiveness and so it just shows it too that that, that's a part of every aspect of our life and our relationships and our leadership and those different things that happen that it just sets a good model for young people to see other christians engaging in that and to use scripture to do that to use like you said corporate worship to use individual relationships to practice that that what a vital opportunity that is that God's given to us to both between us and him in our relationship, but then also person to person to be able to confess those sins and hear the words of forgiveness for us. But we can't expect young leaders to naturally right. know that language. Yep. They have to be able to hear it. They have to see it modeled and and be willing to let let experienced leaders around them say, like, this is, this is what it looks like to be a leader in the mm-hmm. church. And uh, that is a huge... Um, thing that I think sometimes we forget we have to teach or we make the assumption or maybe we just feel like, well, what will happen in our relationship with this young person if I admit that I'm wrong? I, I think really there is an amazing amount of grace and learning that happens in that experience. I think in some of that too, there's a good opportunity to talk about the difference between 
sin and a mistake when you're in leadership too. Yeah. But you're going to make mistakes in leadership as you learn and grow and just because we you know, can't do everything perfectly just from a, an ability standpoint. But then there's also sin. And how do you talk about both of those two? That yes, because of sin in our world, we make mistakes. But then there's a difference too, to where like you honestly made a mistake versus this is something that you really yeah. need to have confession absolution over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that recognizing those mistakes isn't that you do in debriefing, yeah, right? Right, um, right? And this is going to look different for every situation. But one of those things we know and we uh, that's a part of Christian education is the learning cycle. And that learning cycle really only functions if you are debriefing after experiences, right? Actually, Jessica talked about this, about debriefing after witnessing yeah, yeah, in the last right. episode. You have to debrief after an experience. And so... Every time you have that chance, making sure that you're asking them what went well so that there's something in their minds that went, what would you do differently? What are things that you'll change for next time? What did we, how did the conversation go? How might we have handled the conversation differently? Did we make the right connection? What was the discussion like? Mm-hmm. All of those different things, depending on what your experience is or, <laughs> you know, do we play that game with kids again? Maybe that was too advanced or all of those different things. Debriefing, talking it through, and it doesn't have to be long. We're not talking, we don't need hours for this. We don't even need a separate meeting. But hey, in the five minutes after something happens, okay, talk to me about what that was like. What did you hear? What happened? What are we going to do differently? What did we really like? What are we praising God for? Mm-hmm. How do we mm-hmm. see God at work there? All of those things help them to put in their minds what they can do differently the next time that is going to make them better. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing, you know, we, we write down this list that's important to think about. And I think sometimes that can maybe slip by easily. We, this kind of comes into the, you know, maybe confession absolution a little bit, but it's the whole idea of, of how we lift up our young leaders, I think, mm-hmm. in a lot of contexts. And so, I mean, maybe to put it simply is to praise in public, correct in private. And that's a good, I, I, that's not just with young leaders. I think that's with any kind of leadership. <laughs> and I, And I don't it's not just the church even, I don't think. I mean, I think you'd find a lot of leaders in a lot of different aspects of life who would say the same thing. But I think as Christians, this is something, it's kind of like, I, th- I think for me, it's kind of an eighth commandment thing a little bit. I mean, just how right. do you really speak well of your neighbor and your Christian brother and sister and make that happen? Maybe say a few things about that. Um, yeah, I, I think one of the things that we want to make sure that we are doing actively for all of our leaders and for all those who serve in the church is that we are consistently praising the public and not to be like, oh, this is about them, right? Because right? right. it is about right. God and God is working through them and it's God in action. But to thank them for spending their time, for their energy, thank them that they're bringing the skills that God's given them to this space and, and recognizing how they're living out their vocations. Those things are really important to to mention and not just privately to mention in front of other people so that everybody likes to be thanked yeah. um, mm-hmm. that, that we're doing that in many and various. But that also when we're doing correction, and this is, again, true for all leaders, that if you're in charge of leaders, that you're taking them aside, making sure that that correction happens in private, helping people from being maybe defensive yeah. and moving it into a learning moment, maybe helping them from being defensive and moving it into a learning moment. Now, sometimes there has to be a discussion because if there's something that's gone wrong publicly, sometimes there needs to be an apology made yeah. or a correction made by that person in, in, in public. Depends on the situation, but you want to start by addressing it privately yeah. um, so that you can have a conversation so that it can be a moment where you understand the fully the situation and help redirect so that it doesn't happen again. So really thinking about how am I going to make sure that I'm not just stopping a young leader mid-flow yeah. 
mid-game, mid-whatever, and correcting them instead waiting until the end and then taking them aside and talking that out, part of a debrief. The one exception here is going to be <laughs> stop stuff that's unsafe. Yeah, right. Right. right? Like yeah. if somebody, if you, if you walk. We'll deal with that later. Right. No. Like, right. There are times where you do have to correct it publicly because you need to stop something that's potentially unsafe or something's taken a dramatically heretical turn in a conversation right. or something right. or something's happening that's, that's maybe not great. But outside of those situations... Right. We want to make sure that we're we're figuring those things out as leaders. Yeah. I, I think for me, one of the things that I this is probably maybe for more personally, but I might might uh, get a reaction of others, too. I, I'm always careful about, I think, using humor sometimes. Like I'm mm. I like to laugh and I like humor. And I, I'm OK even with sarcasm sometimes. But I think if you're in that public space too, just be careful how you use that with young people and just in, anyone oh, yeah. in general. I think stuff can be misinterpreted quickly. Um, and so I'm always just kind of careful with how to do that, especially when you're in a public spot and you get to an opportunity to thank volunteers or leaders or to lift them up. It's just that, that that's going to be heard well by the audience or by the person you're trying to lift right. up and encourage too. It's just that you're sensitive to that, that I've seen that go poorly sometimes in some <laughs> context and yeah. me and me personally i will admit my sin well, of misusing it or as soon as something goes out of my mouth be like oh i want that back really quick ooh. that just to be careful with how you use humor i think in some of those situations instinct and maybe other adult leaders can, can just especially if i have a young leader who's say leading a devotion or a bible yeah. study yes. and they ask a question and it flops yeah. yeah and my instinct is to want to step in with a different question and and re re-engage the conversation but i'm not leading yep Right. And for us to sit in that and let that young leader figure it out and figure out the next question, figure out how to move the conversation or whatever they need to do. And then go afterwards and say, like, okay, what are we learning from Mm -hmm. that? Rather than for me as an adult leader to be like, let me fix that for you mid flow. Uh, right. Like sometimes things are not always going to be as beautiful or mm-hmm. um, as as uh, coordinated or as um, energized a conversation as we would like them to be. But if they are presenting God's word, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they are in prayer, if they are we're talking about God and his word, like uh, God's going to be present and he's going to work through that. Even if that young leader maybe stumbles over some words that you wouldn't have done as an adult leader. Yeah. There is so many different ways that young leaders can be lifted up into the congregation. And and we're certainly passionate about it. We think it's a part of that healthy youth ministry. And we've seen in our research that how important having young leaders is. And young leaders are not just going to happen on their own. <laughs> They're yep. just not going to develop on their own. They take time and energy and effort in order to develop a young leader in your congregation. Again, we are so thankful for the time that you commit to that. We hope that you see the joy and that opportunity to invest in them and to take different steps into engaging them and also certainly encouraging them and lifting them up and see how God used them in a lot of different roles, both inside and outside the church and see the growth that comes from that. And as you think about young leaders, I remind you, if you're a frequent listener to this podcast, you've heard over and over again (laughs) how many amazing youth ministry practitioners were influenced um, primarily by adult leaders, um, letting them be young leaders and guiding Mm -hmm. them powerfully. Mm -hmm. So just think of all of those people that are starting, they're in your youth group right now, and you are giving them that opportunity. So thank you for doing that. So some closing questions for you uh, to consider as you think about how you can lift up young leaders. Uh, And the first one is how can you open up opportunities and open up mentors to help support young leaders in your church? 
How can you take time to explain structures or situations in your church or church leadership and how things get accomplished in that context? And finally, how can you debrief and practice confession and absolution in ways that will help model that for your young people going forward in leadership? We will continue to pray for you as you support and care and encourage and mentor young leaders in your congregation. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.